0: Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson.
1: Well, welcome back. And uh, in addition to all the things going on in the world, yep, we are even in an election cycle here in, uh, in the United States, which seems to be a little bit off the front pages these days. And one of the uh, candidates out there that's been fascinating to watch is uh, RFK Jr. And uh, I look forward, hopefully, someday maybe to interview him. But uh, he's now gone independent uh, in his quest for the White House. I am so honored to have with us today Dick Russell. He's the author of The Real RFK Jr., The Trials of a Truth Warrior, He's also an investigative journalist. Uh, he's kind of He writes all kinds of books, 15 of them, including three New York bestsellers. And his book, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Probing the Forces Behind the Assassination of President John F. Kennedy, was hailed as a masterpiece. So it's an honor to have with us today Dick Russell. Dick, good to see you. How are you, friend?
0: Very, I'm good, thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you. Where are you? Where are we Skyping you in from? I'm in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, we'll forgive you. <laughs> anyway uh thanks for your time uh what prompted you to write this book on rfk jr
0: you know i've known uh bobby as as i call him and a lot of his friends call him for uh, more than 20 years uh it started out we we got to know each other through environmental crusades i guess you'd say that we were involved in one to protect the gray whale habitat in baja california from this big industrial salt works that Mitsubishi and the Mexican government were trying to impose on this last pristine birthing lagoon there. So that's how I first met him, and, and I interviewed him for a book I wrote called Eye of the Whale. And then um, we worked. We also loved to fish, so um, I'd been involved in a campaign to save the Atlantic striped bass. He was fighting for that in the Hudson River. So it started out as, as environmental uh, work that we were doing together. and. Um, and it evolved into a friendship where, you know, eventually he wrote uh, the introduction to a book I did on, on climate change, actually twice, uh, different versions of it, and and uh, we, we, uh, we, we just became friends. And, and the reason I wrote the book, however, was in the summer, last summer, in the 2022, I was just appalled at the way he was being treated by the major media. You know, the New York Times and others were just lambasting him for, you know, so called being an anti vaxxer, which he's really not. He's just wants safe testing of vaccines before they're allowed. Um, And also, um, uh, you know, conspiracy theorist, uh, crazy, et cetera. And and I I knew better. I mean, I'd worked with him on all these campaigns. And and so I, I talked to my publisher, Skyhorse. Uh, about uh, Tony Lyons and and he said, well, why don't you, could you do a biography of him that will show the man really is, you know, how he's really uh, had gone through so much in his life and yet made it through to become a big advocate for first for the environment and and then for public health. And, and now he'd like to get out there. Well, he hadn't actually decided to run for president yet when I started the book. But uh, eventually, you know, he's, he's somebody who's fighting for democracy in our country to salvage what's left.
1: Why so much opposition to him when he's in times he makes so much sense?
0: You know, I I think that well, for one thing, they're they're the the, uh, the major political parties are uh, they're not what they used to be, and the, certainly the Democrats are not. And uh, he's been calling them out, you know, on on various things that um, appeal in some cases more to Republican voters than than Democrats. Just because he tells the truth, as, as he sees it, about what's going on in the country. And uh, I think they're very afraid of him, because uh, he does appeal to people who realize that the two-party system just isn't uh, working out like uh, it has for many, many years. And uh, he tried to, be a, to remain a Democrat, and they wouldn't let him in, basically. They were moving the dates of the primaries around, doing different things. So, you know, he, he announced uh, a little over a week ago that he was going to run as an independent. And um, you know, I respect that decision, and and we'll just have to see what happens. But I mean, his all his fi- it was finally his stance on public health issues that turned the big media against him because a lot of them were really uh, in the pocket of big pharma just to tell the truth.
1: Um, as you were investigating this, uh, Dick, did any surprises come out from a friend that you knew for 20 years?
0: Well, you know, he was willing to talk about the fact that, that he'd been going through really a tough period as a young young man, At first a teenager after his father was killed in 1968 following his uncle's assassination five years earlier. And then, you know, he, he became, an, uh, he was a troubled kid and, and he became an addict uh, for 14 years. And finally, he had close to, I guess you'd call it a near-death uh, experience and and went into rehab and, and uh, came out of it uh, a changed person. Uh, but it was not an easy road for him. And he wanted to sit down and, and really talk about that and have it part of the book, not to cut, try to hide the fact that this had been true of, of what he'd been through. And, uh, you know, because the, the, the fact is that he could really... I feel relate uh, to a lot of families in this country that are now facing the fentanyl crisis uh, that their kids are experiencing, you know, a lot of many, many thousands of deaths of young people, which is tragic. And he's been there, he's been on the bottom and and, uh, risen to become the man he is today. And he has a lot of what his father used to call moral courage in order to do that.
1: Uh, He's personally been on a pursuit to find out, um, you know, uh, the truth uh, of the assassination of his father and his uncle. And then he goes over and he goes after the truth behind the COVID-19 pandemic. Those are those are three not easy topics to take on. Is
0: he satisfied with what he's done? Well, I don't know that he's satisfied, but he—but he's certainly. I don't think he's ever satisfied, to tell you the truth. I mean, he's always, uh, you know, fighting for what he—what he sees is right. I mean, but yeah, he's taken on these are like sacred cows, especially, you know, the media has long denied that there was a conspiracy to assassinate his his uh, his uncle and his father. And I happen to have investigated both those things before I ever knew him. We never talked about it for many many years, but we have in recent years. And uh, he's come to the conclusion that, yeah, there was something definitely not being told, the truth not being told to the American people about what really happened uh, back in the, in the 60s. And with COVID, I mean, you know, the, the evidence has gotten clearer and clearer that there's been a huge cover up by uh, Anthony Fauci and others of the fact that the, the virus did somehow escape from a lab in Wuhan, China, that was financed by the National Institutes of Health, in part. And uh, these are things that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about or or let the American people know the truth about. Um,
1: I want to come back to those, but let me just stick with this just for a second. And that is that uh, he is polling pretty well um, as an independent. He was polling well as a Democrat, but he's still polling well as an independent. And there's mixed views as to whether it takes from the D's or the R's. But why do you think he's attractive?
0: Again, because I think he tells the truth, and also he has, has been speaking out very strongly uh, for, for the fact that the middle class in this country has been suffering terribly, especially as the the pandemic in, increased, and as so many thousands of people lost their businesses, and the rich got richer, and the poor got poorer. And uh, he is a, a man, as his father had been, uh, who is fighting for. Uh, people who who are who have, are are having trouble, you know, with with the economy. He's talked about the housing crisis a lot recently. How uh, it's this this major financial corporation, BlackRock, that's buying up all the houses so that uh, people can't afford them. Um, I mean, a, a lot of stuff that uh, no other candidate is willing to talk about. And I think that you know people are responding to that. They they know that this is a guy that's it's actually fighting for them, and uh, that the rest of the system is is. Un- unfortunately, pretty damn corrupt. What triggered him to go
1: after COVID and Fauci?
0: The fact that, that you know, he'd been in, for a long time, since 2005, uh, when the, when these, these women were coming to him at, at the talks he was giving about uh, mercury and coal-burning power plants and saying, hey, would you please look at mercury going into childhood vaccines? As a preservative, because we believe it's impacting our kids and their and their neurodevelopmental health. And once he started doing that, he saw that there was a big cover up by the Centers for Disease Control <clears throat> about uh, the, the the possible effects of thimerosal on children's uh, children's brains. And uh, so he'd been at this for a long, long time. It wasn't a big jump for him to dive in and, and take a close look at uh, what was really going on with the, the rush to market of, of the vaccines and the denial of, uh, of other alternative remedies to that, uh, such as ivermectin and hydrochloroquine that had been shown to be pretty effective and not nearly as costly as uh, as, the, as the vaccines that the big Pfizer and Moderna and others were, were trying to get to market. So, you know, it was, it was not a stretch for him to, to make that move. Can you uh, share with us, I, I know he's
1: been active as an environmental advocate. Um, has he won some things here? Has he succeeded in some of his pursuits?
0: He has succeeded unbelievably. I mean, he's probably the, uh, the greatest envir- advocate for the environment that, that we've had in this country. And, and he's gone to war, really, against everybody from ExxonMobil to ultimately Monsanto. Uh, in, in winning cases in the courts uh, that have stopped these, these uh, giant multinationals from, from polluting the waterways. He formed Waterkeeper Alliance, where there's now 300 uh, uh, groups all around the world protecting different waterways. Uh, it started out in the Hudson River and has, has expanded widely beyond that. And then with Monsanto, um, you know, he, he he was part of a team that that won a more than a billion dollar judgment on behalf of a of a guy who uh, African American guy who was just you who know, was spraying Roundup, which contained this glyphosate chemical, and was found to be responsible for the non Hodgkins lymphoma that he and many others were getting. So um, yeah, he's had tremendous success as an environmental lawyer.
1: Um.
0: So here he is running.
1: As an independent, can you give us a little bit of an insight? Why is his family upset with him?
0: You know, he he will take up subjects that most of the family don't want to talk about, starting with the assassinations. Uh, Most of the family just assume, you know, let's let's put that behind us. Uh, We don't really want to go there. We don't want to raise that terrible specter again. And uh, he he's, feels the other way about it. He even went to see Sirhan, the accused assassin of his father, in jail uh, recently, a few years back. And uh, I remember the day he told me he was going to do it. I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's a pretty gutsy thing to do. And it was painful for him. But, um, you know, he realized from the, his study of the evidence that uh, Sirhan, although he fired shots that night in the pantry of the Ambassador Hotel and did hit people, his father was, was killed from behind, and uh, none of those bull- bullets in Sirhan's gun hit um, Senator Kennedy. So there'd been a big cover-up of that, and uh, he found Sirhan to be someone that, uh, as the California Parole Board had already concurred, uh, was worthy of parole after all these years behind bars. And uh, yet, the governor uh, Gavin Newsom uh, ended up denying that. After the, and a lot of the people in the Kennedy family, his brothers and sisters, you know, were really upset that Bobby went to see Sirhan and was advocating for this. But that was the start of it. And, and then his stance on public health. A number of the member family family members are very are involved in the public health arena, and uh, as the Kennedys always have been big advocates for public health. But he's an advocate for really good public health. And uh, with the chronic disease rate in the country now, more than 54, I think it's 54% of the American people, um, something is not right. And he's been uh, out there talking about that.
1: Did you um, learn anything from writing the book about him, about what you previously wrote about with the assassinations of his father and his uncle? Did you find anything uh, post-publishing of your books?
0: Um, Well, you know, he's been studying a lot of the literature on this. And uh, so we're basically on the same page that the CIA or elements of the CIA had something to do, certainly with the assassination first of his uncle and uh, probably in, in league with. Uh, members of the mafia and Cuban exiles, right-wing Cubans, or fanatics, I should say, uh, more than just um, right-wing, who were uh, angry at Kennedy for various reasons and and wanted to take him out. And in the course of that, get back into Cuba and get rid of Fidel Castro and try to blame the whole thing on him. So I think we're on the same page about that. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. And he would like to see all the files released, which they have not been, once again, President Biden uh, finally just you know cut that off and said, we're not going to release more of these files due to national security implications, which after 60 years, that seems a little weird, don't you think?
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, Josh, I wish I had more time with you. What, what do you want people to get from the book RFK Jr.?
0: I, I want people to realize that you know, this, the, there's a false impression that's being given in most all of the big media on TV and the newspapers about Robert Kennedy Jr., and that, that actually he's a tremendously accomplished, very bright uh, fighter for the people. Uh, and the, the chapters in the book, it's not a, you know, it's not what do you call it, a hagiography. I mean, in other words, it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a book that, cover, that whitewashes difficulties that he's been through in his life. But I think that's what I want people to get to, is is that he's been to the bottom in, in, in a lot of ways, and he's risen up to become um, you know, a, a really strong leader and somebody that we need, a kind of voice that we need today, who is fighting for democracy and to stop the, put, put some kind of brakes, at least, on the merger between corporate and state power that we've been seeing increasingly in the country. Mm i hope that that comes across in the book and that people get a real accurate picture of who this guy is and why he deserves their attention the book
1: is entitled the real rfk jr the trials of a truth warrior uh there's a picture of the cover of the book on the screen there check it out by dick russell and uh, i think you'll find that to be a fascinating read dick thank you can we get you back you're fascinating I'm, I'm thir- there's a lot more inside of you i want to pull out <laughs> sure, we
0: can. I'd be glad to do
1: that. Okay. Thanks for your time. Good to see you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at the Dove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.